Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello and welcome to a new episode of It's a Groom's Life. So today with me I have Louise Fitton who has who's very very busy and who's going to tell us much more about it. So hi Louise, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me because as you, I know you're a very busy lady and also we're going to talk about that much more um so would you mind um introducing yourself and just tell us um for people who don't know you who don't follow you um what do you do yeah so basically I'm based at our family riding center which is Riders Farm Equestrian Center so we're based in Manchester so we're actually really in a city and um, we're on like a really busy main road that takes you straight into Manchester city center so we're a bit of a sort of oasis on a really big city landscape and um, so we have 34 riding school horses 26 livery horses we've got a farm shop we've got a cafe uh, we're open six days a week for riding lessons. Um, we've been open now for over 30 years. Um, started by my mum, um, who is the centre manager um, and a stage five VHS coach. Um, and then I've come on board in the past couple of years, literally just before lockdown, um, to run the sort of day-to-day management, um, customer service, HR, all the operations inside of things of it. God, so yeah, that's that's a lot to take on. So what yeah. was your what was your um, career or your your um, experiences like before up until you sort of like started working at the centre? Yeah, of course. So obviously I was um, sort of grew up here basically through sort of we moved here I think when I was about five or six something like that um, and lived here ever since. And um, my mum's always worked here and been based here. Um, so I've sort of grown up around this environment the whole time. Um, I think I was riding before I was walking and things like that, the classic. Um, and I then took a real interest in the sort of business side of things. I'd always been really interested in that side of things and um, talking to the customers and seeing um, just all the new people coming and meeting new faces and talking to the customer side of things. So um, when I went to college and things, I was, I'd have, I was very academic. I've always been very academic. Um, so I really wanted to go down the college and university route and things. And I actually uh, did a degree in marketing um, because that's just what interested me, business, things like that. Um, and then it actually worked out. I went and got um, a full-time job leaving university um, at an international accounting firm. Um, I did that for a while um, as a full-time marketing assistant and done various other things. And I'd always had my foot in the door here as well. Obviously, even when I was working at university, I worked here alongside it. Um, we run charity events and different things like that as well. So there's always loads going on that um, I'm involved in. Um, and then the opportunity came about to come on full-time here um, and I've been doing that. I did that alongside my other job for quite a while as well. And um, so I was doing both jobs. Um, and then I've come full time sort of following lockdown since maternity leave and things. I've just had a baby. So um, I'm now here as well. And it's a proper four generation family business now. Wow, that's amazing. So how does the centre work? Like being within a city, obviously, you've got quite a lot of forces there. So how does it work with, you know, like turnout and um just you know space I can imagine you probably there isn't much space around 
So I know there's a couple, like sort of a lot more down south that are literally in a city, in a city, and like they have no turnout and things like that. We are really fortunate that we do have turnout, we do have fields, we have quite a few acres of land. Um, so we are really lucky in that sense. It is it is very strange because anyone that comes to visit us, if you drove past us, you would just think we're on a main road. But as soon as you drive in, we have a big hill and it's just like this little rural oasis, like we're a little pocket of like equestrian centre on literally a petrol station on the other side of us and then just housing all around us. So it's just a bit weird how we fit in really. Um, mm. So we do, we are lucky that we have turnout um, and things like that. And we are in a little rural pocket sort of thing on our main road. Um, and we do, we do have sort of winter turnout and things like that just as much as well. So we are very fortunate for that, but yeah, we are on sort of hacking is a bit weird because we do have like a main road hack down. Um, so as much as we have a country park five minutes down the road, people come to us and go oh my gosh I can't believe your horses will hack down that and um, because obviously we have a livery yard as well so mm. a lot of those will ride down a massively busy main road and horses don't bat an eyelid because they're just used to living here and it's the normal yeah. but yeah. Of yards obviously really secluded and things and we realize how exposed we are I suppose yeah but that must um create lots of opportunities for people because you know je- oh, I'm being very generalized like generalized here but generally the you know equestrian community are like rural or in the countryside and things like that and they're those type of people so for it to be in a city it must create more opportunities for people who aren't in that sort of setting to get access to horses and horse riding and the environment a hundred percent a hundred percent so that is the whole was the whole idea behind it so my mum took the yard over um from the family that lived here before over 30 years ago now and they weren't horsey at all and he was a local businessman um and my mum came over and he sort of said do you want to start it as an equestrian center and there was two ponies and a little paddock at that time um and literally in the past 30 years that was the whole idea from the basically starting from how our location was was the whole ethos behind it and my mum's motivation was that to give people the access um, and grassroots riders the access to a sport that in all honesty can be a bit stigmatized and Mm. a lot of people view it as a bit of a sort of elitist sport and it's very expensive and which we know it is an expensive hobby and once you've got the bug there's no going back but we really are interested and passionate about breaking those barriers down even from just the the first primary thing of our location is easy to access for everyone every day Mm. um to everything we work with um, a charity called the Emil Forey Foundation who fund local school groups to come um, and they have riding sessions with us and we're now starting the BHS Changing Lives program as well Um, so there's loads of things that we do to try and break down those barriers and that stigma as well really that anyone can access this sport as it, it should be open to everybody you know it, it's a sport as much as anything else is um, and everybody is welcome here no matter your background no matter your experience it, there is something for everyone to get involved with do you find you're getting like sort of more diversity um of of people coming so you know typically the equestrian world is like a white person's sports and it would be nice to have sort of more diversity from other um, backgrounds and other um you know communities and things like that so are you finding you're getting like more diversity because you're in a city place 
hundred percent. And I think our links with the local schools um, really helps us with that as well and really breaks down those barriers because obviously they come to us from a young age. So it's breaking that stigma down that it isn't open to them and it is, it's only open to a certain type of person with a certain background and things like that. So a lot of the children that come to us you'll see them meet the horse and that's the first time they've met an animal or definitely a horse and things like that and it's amazing for us to see that um so we really make good links from sort of that age and then obviously their parents get involved outside of school and realize it's something that they can access as well um, so de- and so i think since lockdown as well and um, we did a lot of things on social media just chatting to people online and showing them around the yard on facebook lives and things um, and that meant a lot of people accessed us virtually um, and realised, oh, it isn't just a posh place for people that have yeah. got loads of money and things like that. It's just somewhere that everyone can come and have a nice time, even from the fact that we have a farm shop and a cafe. Even if you don't want to ride, you can come and watch your child ride and have mm. a nice crew and sit down and make some friends and things like that. Yeah. And if, um, as like you sort of mentioned before, it is an, an expensive sport and stuff. So, um do you find that there is some people that like would love to do it but just you know can't afford to have a riding lesson or anything like that and how do you do you get some kind of funding to sort of support those type of people yeah of course so we do obviously we always try and keep our prices as sort of reasonable and as sustainable as we can for obviously we've got a team of sort of 30 odd horses as well as staff and everything as well so we are a business primarily Mm. but our whole ethos is to make sure that we are accessible for as many people as possible. So we never ever encourage anyone to go out and buy all the gear and everything for their first lesson. We literally say it's as simple as bring a pair of wellies, suitable pair of pants and something warm enough. Um, We offer riding hats and things like that. and we don't sort of say you have to go out and buy the, the latest hat, the latest body protectors, the latest riding boots. We can make it work. As long as you're not in flip-flops or trainers, we, we can make it work. There's a, there's a boundary between it being accessible and then unsafe as well. So yeah. we are flexible as we can be type thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think more of it is that sort of stigma of they, they maybe don't in, like look into it first before realizing, oh, right, okay. Like at, at the level, of, at the entry level that it is for beginner sessions and things like that, there's loads of different opportunities and even things like pony care workshops and we run the pony stars club and things like that that's just the stable management side of things there's loads for them to get involved with um and i think it is just people that can just break down those barriers every day that everyone is welcome in this sport oh that's amazing and yeah i think i feel like it should um you know as, as a general sport i think there should be more you know accessibility for other riding schools and I know it's hard because, like you say, bridal schools are, you know, primarily a business and they need to look after, you know, horses and things like that. And it, like you say, it's expensive and stuff, but you still want to be able to be accessible for every sort of person, um, you know, regardless what their backgrounds are or where they come from and stuff. You want to make sure that you can sort of allow everyone to come. But it's, it's just getting that balance right, isn't it? <laughs> and, um, oh, sorry, what was you going to say? I was going to say as well, I think, I think it is the 
balance because as much as we want to have the it accessible and things like that they also we, it's important to us that they get the full experience as well so they do experience of we have grooming kits and things that they can use and things like that we don't say to anyone right, you have to go out and buy the brand a brand new grooming kit to do our things we have all the equipment and things that you can use as well and but it's making sure that that's good equipment and the right equipment that they're doing it properly as well mm -hmm. um, and you're setting that up from the start really yeah and with your um like your lessons and your packages and that let talk us through like what you offer at your riding school i mean uh, obviously you are a riding school and i'm sure there's lots of people that are listening probably started at a riding school so i imagine you have your um standard of lessons from like lead reins up to like walk trot counter jump but like what other sort of services do you offer as well yeah so yeah we obviously we do you like amazing standard riding school packages as well um so we have like we which was awful through lockdown was the worst thing is we couldn't have any new beginners and that was the mm -hmm. worst thing for us is that it literally puts a plug in that sort of sustainability of the whole industry because we truly do believe we are where people start and we are where people come from even if it's just gaining their interests yeah that they come and visit around and things like that so we do run we run beginner lessons now friday saturday and sunday um, so we really have a lovely group of new people always accessing the sport and that's always available to them. Um, but we actually teach up to sort of stage four level. Um, so we're now an assessment centre as well. We haven't been for a long time, but we now run VHS stage one and stage two exams as well. Um, so we're not just sort of grassroots beginner riders as well. We do have, also have the packages for sort of the professionals and training and things like that as well, as well as obviously livery yard, uh, the livery yard side of things. Um, we have a lot of visiting coaches different things like that we run our own sort of in-house events so we have a dressage league um, we're starting a clear round sort of nights and things like that um, there's loads of different things that we do that we are the full all-round experience in one place as well especially for those people that don't own their own horses and right. um, and that's something I'm really passionate about that I feel sometimes if you don't own your own horse you can be a bit sidelined out of the industry and a lot of the content and things like that aren't aimed at people that don't own their own horse which is really sad to me because we have hundreds of riders that are more passionate than some people have seen with their own horses about mm. the sport mm. and they feel like they can only go to a certain point and then it's they're not welcome and I don't think it should be like that I think it should be everyone is welcome no matter your background no matter your resources and mm. we can help you get that foot in the door and things like that yeah yeah and um obviously you've mentioned like lo the dreaded lockdown especially like the first one which was horrendous for horrendous for everyone but obviously for us as an equestrian um industry it really affected us so how did you guys cope with that <laughs> i feel like i've like zoned it out i don't yeah. it's it's bizarre like in the time in the moment i remember we all sort of thought what we, we just you just didn't know did you? you didn't know what was coming day by day and as well like people didn't know like our like sort of sporting bodies and things even at the start didn't know what it meant for us what happened and things like that and then obviously I think there was three instances where it was closed done nothing yeah. um so we managed to keep hoping that our liveries could still come and access their horses and do their horses um, on a rotor basis and we're really lucky that we were able we have an amazing team I'm not just saying that like our horses and our humans I always say that we have a horses and a human team that are just amazing absolutely amazing and um, our team still came in again on a sort of 
two here and two there and inside mm. the yard at one point um, and we sort of mucked out all 30 between us um, each day it was a bit easier I think that early one because we could turn everything out yeah um, it was literally coming doing the daily checks um, and things like that but I think a big thing that people didn't realize especially at riding school but I imagine to be fair at either end of the industry is our horses were really lonely and mm. um, our horses are used to a certain way of life they've grown up in the busy environment and we always say as well, we're, it's something we're really passionate about is we don't we don't have a typical riding school horse. There's, there's also this stigma that, oh, you go to a riding school and it's going to be, a, without sounding general, but it's going to be an ugly cob that you just have to smack and you don't learn to yeah. ride and you're just dragging around. And we don't have horses like that. We have a horse for everyone, we say. We have from little Sammy, who's 11 hands, who will, is the cheeky one to Billy who's 17 hands who will jump you around a cross country course and things like that. We have a horse for every level mm. um, and well, they have that button. So they know this is someone I've got to keep safe. This is someone that knows a bit more what they're doing here. And okay, let's turn that switch and let's, let's get our fifth gear going and let's get a bit yeah. of a challenge going and things like that. We do have, and anyone that's listening and know that rides with us or that has ridden with us would vouch for that as well that our horses are absolutely phenomenal um, and they mean the world to us so it was really sad um to see that that they they were out in as much as people think oh horses like turnout not 24 hours a day not sort of having any human contact when they're used to that every mm. single day and they used mm. to be in rhythm. they're so fit our horses are really really fit they're managed really well and um, they have a massive training program for each individual horse and care program and it was lacking it was lacking that sort of social interaction and human interaction that that's what they thrive off um because to be a riding school horse you do have to have a certain personality and mm. some horses we do get we're lucky we don't have a massive turnaround of them most of them that stay with us stay with us for 20 plus years yeah. and so they do have a certain personality that they love the busyness they love the buzz that's always going on and the kids coming and seeing them and stroking them and things like that so for, for those horses which is all our all our team of horses they were they were they were depressed basically it was it was mm. really sad. and it's the routine isn't it they get used to the routine and when you know I think it's like with uh, you know even with us as humans when we were in the lockdown and people go oh you know don't need to go to work and blah 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 and I think you know the first few weeks it was like a great um novelty and then soon the novelty wore off and then it's like right well you know I can't do this forever and it's not you know it's boring. <laughs> it's only so much lying around you can do. And I think the horses probably would have felt the same that, you know, being out 24 seven was great and they get a break and things, but after a while, you know, you're, you know, the brains aren't ticking over and that, you know, you know, they, they need, like you say, the interaction, they need to keep the, the brains focused and get them like, um, focusing on doing a task or something like that. And when that's not being done, I think after a while, it's just a bit meh. <laughs> yeah it, it is and it was literally like, like like oh the first week it's a bit of a, something new it's a bit oh, it's exciting like you say it's exciting for the humans you think oh we're getting a break and then like, no this is boring this isn't what we signed up for and it was just that uncertainty of well as well of like sort of not knowing what was around the corner and things like that and should we start riding them and getting them back to fitness and then dropping them back down again and that sort of yo-yo effect and as well from the human side we that was the big feedback we got from our riders because obviously we're in touch with a lot of them on social media and on our channels and things and 
a lot of them the same because we're bored we're bored we, we miss mm. seeing the horses and um, we like even just liking coming up for a brew and chatting to their friends and stuff they couldn't do that um, and that's how it sort of came about we started a sort of um, program we did a I can't even think now we did a riders farm at home schedule and sort of one day every week well no every day of the week um, we did a different virtual lesson so like all of our coaches would do like a virtual lesson whether it was like on fitness or it was on tacking up or lunging and things like that and we do like a tour of the yard and different things to keep everyone's brains ticking over um, and we started a sort of Friday segment of um, we called it chit chat and trot and no trot at that time because <laughs> it was literally we had sat down we all had a brew to get like uh, me and one of the coaches had a brew together um with connor who was like one of the sort of he'll chat the socks off you um, <laughs> and sort of tuning in and saying oh we're on our lunch break or oh, we're on our sort of homeschool break and like this is amazing this is just what we need a bit of a laugh and a bit of a chat and see all the faces see what's going on and we had hundreds of people at a time on a Friday and people we didn't know, Joe, people that didn't know us, that like our friends and our riders were sharing it. And I'll just start having a laugh and asking, oh, how's Billy doing and how's Buster doing and what are they all up to and what are they doing now and things. And it was just, it was really nice, but it was also really sort of sad to see like that was what was, that was it. That was all we had to do for a long period of time mm -hmm. as well, sort of chat online as well yeah but that's great that you're staying in touch with your you know your customers and the riders and everything like that that's really important to stay in touch with them and um let them know you know how everything is and also like you say it gives them something to look forward to when you know they're bored at home and had not much else to do so it gives them something to look forward to um and i wanted to ask you about um like have you come back to full capacity now that you know covid is supposedly no more and we're all back to normal like are you all back to how you were before the first lockdown yeah yeah like a lot changed for us like a lot changed for us through covid like it did every sort of business or center or anything we adapted and we changed a lot so just like one of the big things is that we sort of switched to an online booking system which was just a natural result of covid and contactless and everything like that so things like that changed a lot for us so we're at we are back to sort of pre-covid operating and things like that and um, but the way we operate is a lot different to how we were naturally sort of three years ago and it but it seems like it wasn't three years ago because it was like blink and you saw and um, but yeah like there's just, there has been that natural progression and then obviously a lot of changes that have happened as a result of covid itself but even things like sort of like say like we, we use ec pro booking system um just bizarre like um even sort of funding things that we've got so in a good in a good way do you know like we've got um the bhs have been a brilliant support to riding schools through lockdown like amazing support and they've started loads of different programs so they launched their pony stars program and that's really helped that was something we couldn't do at all through even like the sort of lockdowns and then when we could open a little bit in between the lockdowns we couldn't have like the pony club on the yard and things like that because it was too too many people and different things so we've now started that back up again and things which is like everyone just said I didn't realize how much I miss like all the children running around on the yard and seeing all the ponies and things like that so like that's lovely and um, and we got like some brilliant funding from the BHS that we were able to get um, a brand new set of show jumps and um, so we got a brand new professional course of show jumps for our yard and our riding lessons which is amazing you know and that's support from people that have helped the BHS out through the lockdown and stuff so there's yeah. been a lot of nice 
progression that we we've done as a result of we've had to we've had our backs forced against the wall and things had to change otherwise we wouldn't have been able to carry on um and we are like our, our riders were just unbelievably nice and kind and supportive and is there anything we can do when we were closed and things like that and it, it was brilliant it was really really nice um so yeah but we are now at that level like i say the big thing for us was beginners and um, that was something that we had to wait a long time for the safety of our team as well for our coaches for the sake of getting people on and showing them how to hold the reins and things like that and um, so that is something now that we are back to operating at which is brilliant and it's brilliant for us because the ponies didn't have much to do when there's no beginners and things as well and the little ones like all oh, right okay this is great um so it's like they were getting really a bit bored and thinking this, there's no one to ride these little ones if we've got no young ones coming through yeah. um but yeah so yeah we're running exams again now and different things it's things like that that because we were able to take a step back not because of nice reasons obviously because of the lockdown but because we did have that time to step back and go okay what do we want to do what more can we offer what different things can we offer what doesn't work well we've been able to really sort of focus on what works for us and what works for our horses and our team as well and like now we offer um a lot of the training packages and stage one and stage two and things and really helping new people enter the industry in that capacity as well which is really nice yeah wow and what amazing that um that because I know that where I am down at base on base in Kent and there was a few riding schools that shut and then just never reopened so it's nice that you've managed to continue get through lockdown and you know thrive the other side which is amazing um and with this like section of the podcast I like to sort of open it up to you um to sort of have an open space to talk about anything that you want to so if there's anything that we haven't covered so far that you really want to highlight if you have any promotions that you want to talk about or basically anything that you're passionate about that you really want people to know then this is like your open space to talk about anything you like amazing okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think like what there is the big the big thing that like I would sort of say talking about why I sort of promoting is that we run a big charity event um which we haven't been able to do since pre-COVID so that was something that we really missed because we all love a party here we love a party um so we used to do like a whole we call it a hoedown so we have an annual hoedown every year and raising money for a different charity each year um, and that is finally something we can have back this year so literally our indoor school turns into a big party venue um, we've got like we get a DJ and event host and things food we have a big inflatable pub that pops up in our indoor um, massive mobile bar and everything it's amazing booking Broncos a lot it's so good um, and we're running that again this year in July um, so if there's anyone that is obviously listening that's local to us and our riders and things I'm sure I've badgered them about already um, it's a really nice night and it's £15 a ticket um, and it's nothing and the money is all being raised to support uh, Bolton Hospital which is near us and that's their neonatal unit um, so if there is anyone that's local to us or not local to us that would like to support and um, offer a raffle prize or things like that we do a massive raffle which is where the majority of our sort of donation comes from anyone that would like to promote their services and things by donating a prize to the raffle please do because it go into a brilliant cause and it's a good night as well so if you want to come everyone's welcome oh um, that's amazing I love that idea it's, I can't even remember now how it started like it started as just a little idea and the first time we did it it was just a couple of our riders and things I think it was about sort of say our livery yard and a couple of our riders maybe 70 of us or something 
and then everyone obviously really enjoyed it and we thought okay so we took it up a level and each year we've gone up and up a level and I think last time which was 2019 um we had I think it was like over 300 people we raised over 3,000 pounds and it was really it was just a really nice laugh and then everyone goes oh isn't this a really good party event as well as an indoor school Oh, that's amazing. And it's just good just to let your hair down and just get everyone to socialise and things as well. And even though you're in a horsey environment, but you're not in a horsey environment when you're sort of socialising that type of thing. Yeah, definitely. Well, it is. In some, sometimes it doesn't feel like there's like an off time when you have horses, does there? Like you know, when it's winter, it's winter. And then summer, there's always stuff going on, whether it's competitions or events or activities and things. So it's just sometimes nice to say, right, today's, today's a break day. <laughs> oh I can't like I can't wait to like hear about it like on your social medias and stuff like that and I just like I hope it goes well which I'm sure it will but I just the importance well, I, yeah I think everyone's just desperate for a bit of a party and things we ran an open we ran our open day which was the first time we've done that before as well to invite all our riders and new riders down um and that was two three weeks ago in April and the amount of people that came up went I don't think I've seen this many people in one state <laughs> for a long time no crazy it's very strange, isn't it, when you're in a sort of crowd and you're like, haven't been used to crowds for a long time. <laughs> it's a bit strange. <laughs> no, it is. It is. Uh, but no, I think uh, the things sort of like that I would like to talk about that like sort of passionate about, as you're saying, things is stuff that I've probably already briefly mentioned and touched on and things like that. And it is just that sort of access to the sport and things like that. And that that stigma really from every sense of sort of a riding school is something that I'm really passionate about breaking down and things like that. From the sort of aspect of like the access to it, like I say, that it isn't an accessible sport and it isn't welcome to everyone. It's just not the case, whoever you are and things like that. It's some there is something for everybody to do. Um, as well as like I say, like the sort of it, there's just so much that stigmatised. I feel like in the industry and especially towards riding schools is that, like I say, that it's a sort of there's a certain type of horse and there's a certain type of learning that you get and things like that. And anyone that's ridden with us will know that's that's not the case at all um we we're really passionate about doing things very professionally as well which I know sounds obvious but there is that sort of maybe traditional sense of a riding school that you just turn up you get on a pony you leave whereas we're really passionate about showing that our riders that there's a progression that you take and that there's a lot you never stop learning the amount of people that have no exposure to the industry whatsoever which obviously is how it works for different sports it's like so when do you finish horse riding it's like you, you don't complete it you know it's not a video game it's not some there's never an end like my mum will be the first person to tell you she's been riding for sort of over 40 years and you don't finish learning you never yeah. stop learning um and it's something that as well though it's 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 important for us as a center to show that to our riders but also to keep it interesting and exciting because especially I think those teenage years are the years where you either sort of love it or loathe it and you go oh, there's, there's parties and things and you go and get excited and go out and think oh a horse is boring and whatnot or there's the ones that say no this is this is my life this is what I love and things like that and it's keeping it exciting and showing that as much as you think you can walk chop cancer and jump around and things that's 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 the basics that is the the ground rules you you're always learning and learning about, I think a big thing that came from the videos we did in lockdown is the behavior of horses. And um, it's something that really sort of gets my goat when we see sort of new people coming that, that don't maybe appreciate or understand probably from, like I say, that sort of attitude that there is, is that 
they're they're animals they're they're, mm. they're people you know like they've all yeah. got character um and even though they're not sort of someone's personal horse they're a riding school horse there are family like we're yeah. a family business but our, our team are a family as well and they care so much about our horses and our riders do as well you know like it isn't um we, we are so lucky with how nice our riders are and how caring they are but they could tell you like Sammy is the cheeky one. Buster is the greedy one. You know, like we know every single one of them, like and what they are and who they are and what they like and what they don't like and things like that. And it isn't just a case of a big thing that we find maybe is that it's, oh, the horse isn't doing what I want it to do. And it's how are you asking that question more than, you know, we try, we, we are quite bad to say it. it's it's never the horse's fault. Like, do you know, because there are there are family, there are friends, we know what we know what sets them off, we know what and yeah. it, there's different approaches to each horse, as you will know, as like a rider, you can get on one from the other and completely different results doing the completely same thing. And it, it's showing that from sort of the bottom level from our grassroots riders up to our advanced riders that the industry doesn't just start and end at our centre. But if we can show them as much as we've got to offer, then hopefully if they do want to enter the world or they want to buy their own horse and different things like that and experience more, that we've given them that good foot in the in the door, yeah. that they understand that have a bit of empathy and have a bit of understanding and a bit of patience, you know, and things like that as well. And I think we do a really good job of that. Our riders are so loving and caring towards our horses and it and fun as well. Like sometimes I think that's a big thing that's taken out of it sometimes is that everyone started this because it was fun yeah you know it sometimes people forget that even when they're like especially when they come uh, I run the dressage league that we do here and things and I see some of the teenagers coming up going oh my god oh my god oh my god and sometimes those nerves are nice and I say just remember this is fun this is yeah. supposed to be fun yeah um, and that 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 for us that's what it's about yeah as much as we would love everyone go off and be professional riders and work in the industry or whatever and that's great but it doesn't have to be if this is just your hobby this is just your hobby that's just as important as anyone else yeah um, you're no less a part of the industry and things just because you do this out of pure enjoyment that's what 90 percent of us do surely yeah um, you know, I have my own horse because I enjoy mucking out and I enjoy grooming her and things like that and it's stuff like that that it comes down to that fun and that care at the end of the day really is that's why we all have jobs out of it because we care about it yeah no totally agree totally totally agree and love that you've made that point because we do forget sometimes I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and things and we forget that you know why we started it in the first place and you know that we just love riding horses and we love horses and that that's what we just need to keep reminding ourselves and put, take the pressure yeah. off I think and I think I think it is, we're probably hard on ourselves and it is it's something that should be fun it, it is a, it is a sport at the end of the day as well but it is as much as you take up swimming or running and things for your own sort of mental well-being as well as your physical well-being which mm. is always something people underestimate when they start with us as well is how fitting it is and they don't realize yeah. how intense of a sport it is it, it is something like that and I remember when I, I don't, I don't, I'm not really into competing and things like that. I just like training for my own, my own enjoyment really and things and my own riding and my own coaching. Um, and I, when I used to compete when I was younger, my dad would say, as long as you've left the arena and you've smiled and you've patted your pony, what does it matter? Yeah. We, we're not, we're not winning the Olympics at this stage. We're, we're just having a nice time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
no that's it it is really good good fair point to end on i like that um so i kind of finish off each podcast episode with some quick fire questions so generally are you a night in or a night out person night in (laughs) Uh, (laughs) tea or coffee tea uh wellies or heels wellies well to be fair i'd probably in middle ground and say country boots but well yeah uh sweet or savory oh oh i don't know probably depends on the day uh no but i say sweets i think if i could live off pick a mix i probably would oh yeah i love a pick a mix oh yes good choice um book or film I do I, I love a book like I am a reader I just always never f- remember the time to do it but yeah definitely a book rather than a film is there any books that you've read or any books that you would recommend to people um I don't even I don't tend to read anything like horsey or things like that I uh, um I read one called The Nightingale not too long ago um which is sort of I, I love reading things based on like the war and things like that it's dead mm. strange but sometimes yeah something completely different and um, I'm not really like into like reading the horsey books and things like that so I like to just detach from everything else that's going yeah. on going to the world isn't have, it have some escapism other than yeah. horses <laughs> yeah. um, okay and then where can we find you information about your writing school like your website your social medias um, just let us know where we can find you yeah, so we're on Facebook and Instagram so we're Riders Farm Equestrian Centre on Facebook and we're Riders Farm Equestrian Centre really on Instagram um, we do have a website as well and obviously I've like with all our booking information and things but we always put we our social media is not just for sort of our riders and things it's for everyone that just enjoys seeing what we get up to and different things like that we like to do posts and videos and um, we did a lot of like learning through lockdown as well so we did a lot of videos of sort of learning different things and training videos and stuff which is something we're getting back into so there's loads of sort of educational bits on there as well lovely well thank you so much louise for coming on as you guys have heard she's a busy busy lady so i really appreciate her time for coming on here um so yeah thank you so much louise no it's been really good thank you so much for having me i've loved it pleasure and as always guys if you love this episode which i'm sure you will please tag louise and i into your stories on your social media so we know that you're listening and i'll speak to you all on the next episode if you listen to this episode i really hope you enjoyed it as i did making it if you um like to follow me on socials my um instagram is cobs equine services and the same on facebook cobs equine services um if you are listening to this on your um, apple or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast i really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um other people to highlight the um episodes to other people And I will speak to you all in the next episode.